Aloha, and welcome to another episode of Zoopedia. My name is Zach Zhu, and I'll be your host for the first episode of a very unique series I'm starting called Bar Conversations. I realize that there are many topics I want to cover, but some don't have enough material to make it into a full episode, so I'll have this specific series dedicated to niche topics that you can bring up in a bar setting. Finally, you can become that person who has way too much extraneous knowledge about random stuff no one would ever think to learn about, and you can squeeze in a fun fact or two while you and the crew are out relaxing with a few brews after work or school. That last sentence was inspired by Dr. Seuss. Now, for the Zoopedia fun fact of the day. Did you guys know that sea otters sometimes hold hands while they're sleeping to keep from floating away from each other? Often a mother and pup will hold onto each other while they are resting so that they don't drift off from each other or the rest of the group, which is called a raft. And that is extremely wholesome. Before we launch into the first episode of Bar Conversations, I wanted to give a sincere thank you to all of you. Over the past two weeks, I've received a huge outpouring of support that I totally did not expect, and I'm more motivated than ever to bring you guys the best content possible. I was out RV camping in South Carolina and visiting friends in Gainesville over the past two weeks, and although I had an absolutely fantastic time, I've been dying to get back to my setup and create new content for you guys. Honestly, I really think I've found something I love doing and have a passion for. I started this podcast with the sole purpose of learning for the sake of just learning, and the fact that I've gotten the amount of support that I have is so incredibly humbling and i am so grateful for this opportunity whether you're a close friend of mine an acquaintance someone i haven't spoken to in a while or a complete stranger thank you so so much for listening it honestly means the world to me because learning together is way more entertaining and impactful than just learning by myself and with all that being said welcome to episode three of zoopedia and the first episode of bar conversations Let's take a journey. Starting off with stop signs around the world from an international perspective. Stop signs are used globally, obviously. However, most countries see fewer of them than North America and South Africa because always stops are never used and may even be legally prohibited. In a majority of European and Central Asian countries, as well as Cuba and North America, junctions without traffic lights or roundabouts are controlled by stop signs on minor roads and by white, yellow, and black priority diamond signs on the major road. In the UK, the Netherlands, Scandinavia, New Zealand, Russia, Germany, and Australia, stop signs are restricted to situations wherein coming to a dead stop is actually necessary because of severely limited sight lines. So basically the classic stop sign that we use here in America, where you have to stop three seconds at the stop sign or else a cop gives you a ticket, those kind of stop signs are illegal in the vast majority of the world, which is really interesting. Moving on to stop signs specifically in North America. Stop signs are often used in North America to control conflicting traffic movements at intersections that are not busy enough to justify the installation of a traffic signal or a roundabout. In the United States, the stop sign is not intended for use as a traffic calming device. It is intended to be installed mainly for safety and or to assign right of way for a certain direction. Nevertheless, in the United States, Mexico, and Canada, 
Stop signs are commonly deployed as opposed to safety measures in residential areas and near places where children play or walk, such as schoolyards, or that experience frequent automobile collisions making extra precautions necessary. I know this all sounds extremely obvious, but sometimes you gotta ride the whole river before you go down the waterfall. Stop signs may be erected on all intersecting roads resulting in three and four way stops. However, studies have confirmed that stop signs do not offer measurable safety benefits over the yield approach adopted in the countries listed above based on original European research dating back many decades. Now moving on to a very interesting section talking about three and four way stopway intersections. So those are the intersections where everyone comes to a stop, no one really knows where to turn or how to turn, and pretty much just causes a bunch of traffic buildup because no one wants to make the original move or no one knows how to actually see which car stopped first. So the controversy over multi-way and three and four-way stop signs. A Georgia traffic engineer, Martin Brethren Jr., reviewed over 70 technical papers to find that multi-way stop signs do not typically control traffic speeds and can create a variety of problems, including liability issues, traffic noise, pollution, enforcement problems, and poor stop compliance when drivers feel that the signs have no justification. 15 studies found that unwarranted multi-way stops actually increase speed away from intersections as motorists try to make up lost time spent at unnecessary stop signs. Multi-way stop signs impose high vehicle operating costs, longer than needed travel times, excessive fuel consumption, and increased vehicle emissions. So what they're trying to say here from a conceptual standpoint, which I find very fascinating, is that let's say you're driving a car and you come to a four-way uh, stop sign intersection and you slow down your vehicle, you finally get the stop sign. There's literally no one at the intersection, so you don't even know why the stop sign is there in the first place. And then you get irritated and speed up even faster to make up for the time lost by being at that unnecessary stop sign. And apparently that is extremely dangerous. Researchers also found that safety of pedestrians, especially small children, may sometimes be actually decreased. Pedestrians expect vehicles to stop, but many drivers run the quote-unquote unnecessary stop signs. Engine exhaust, brake, tire, and aerodynamic noise may all increase as cars brake and then accelerate up to speed. While the initial cost of installing stop signs is low, enforcement costs can be pretty costly. And one 1990 study estimated extra travel costs per intersection as much as $210,061 per year. Finally, where unwarranted multi-way stops have been successfully removed with public support, results have included improved compliance at justified stop signs, which is pretty cool. And now moving on to the history of stop signs. Stop signs originated in Michigan in 1915. I bet you didn't know that. The first ones had black lettering on a white background and were 24 by 24 inches, somewhat smaller than the current stop sign, which is roughly 30 inches by 30 inches. As stop signs became more widespread, a committee supported by the American Association of State Highway Officials, AASHO, met in 1922 to standardize them and selected the octagonal shape that has been used in the United States ever since. The unique eight-sided shape of the sign allows drivers facing the back of the sign to identify that oncoming drivers have a stop sign and prevent confusion with other traffic signs. It was also chosen so that it could be easily identified at night since the original signs were not reflected. 
The National Conference on Street and Highway Safety, NCSHS, a group competing with AASHTO, advocated on a smaller pink on yellow stop sign. I feel like with both of these organizations trying to mitigate highway patrol safety back in like the early 1900s, they would kind of have conversations like, hey, yo, you hear about the dudes from the American Association of State Highway Officials? Their stop sign policies are whack. Get on our level. National Conference on Street and Highway Safety till I die. Have no idea if uh, discussions like that took place back in the day, but they would be hilarious if they did. These two organizations eventually merged to form the Joint Committee on Union Traffic Control Devices, which in 1935 published the first manual on uniform traffic control devices for streets and highways, MUTCD, which is also a huge mouthful, detailing the stop sign specifications. Fun fact, blue stop signs are used on private property in Hawaii. And that's all I have for you guys in regards to stop signs. Thank you for listening to the first episode of Bar Conversations on Zoopedia. I hope you guys enjoyed this unnecessarily deep dive into such a random topic and that you guys have the opportunity to impress your friends over drinks one day. Before I close out this episode, I got an email for us to use. If you have any ideas for the podcast, whether it be suggestions for improvements, episode ideas, or just to have a random email conversation like they did back in the 90s, shoot me an email at zoopediapodcast at gmail.com. I also have the email located in the description of the podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you guys have a great day. Cheers.